Welcome to Here's Teresa on TalkZone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good day. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day that God has given us. This is your host, Teresa E. Keeves, reporting to her fabulous listeners out there as I'm broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. And uh, I want to, you know, just remind you one more time about getting that talkzone.com app. All right. You can go directly to talkzone.com and download it. It's free. Go to the app store, download it. It's free. Or go to my website, www.teresa at tekmediations.com. And there's a link right there that'll get you, uh, right, uh, to talkzone.com so you can download the app. Okay. Well, let's get this started right now. I feel blessed and therefore I feel great because I am getting ready to talk with all of you, my fabulous listeners out there. So that brings me to how in the heck are you all out there this day? I hear you're saying you're doing exceptional. I know it's a beautiful, beautiful day here that God has given us. It's going to be in the mid 60s right now. It's a little dur. It's 48 degrees. But nevertheless, the sun is shining. It's going to be breezy. And, you know, it's all good because it's all God. All right. Okay. The title of my show today is Really? Why? What? And who's actually in charge of our country? My guests today are the fabulous Reginald C. Campbell and the spectacular Belinda Brooks, who will be joining me with this great conversation that will be hopefully enlightening to you in some way educational and inspiring. As always, I will be bringing my guest on momentarily, but I need to chat with you, my fabulous audience, directly for a couple of things very quickly here. First of all, I want to give a shout out to hold a copy of the Today Show that airs on NBC for all of you who may not know who she is. She is the co-host with Kathy Lee Gifford, also on the Today Show. Well, she adopted a baby, a beautiful baby girl, who was born on Valentine's Day. Her name is Haley Joy Cotby. It is being reported on entertainment that the adorable snapshot of the 52-year-old mother is smiling from ear to ear as she is holding her sleepy kiddo. How precious is that? You know, God, listen... I just have one comment. Stop with the age things, reporters. Okay, when reporting stories, especially with a story like this, love knows no boundaries. Only love knows love. That's it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I also, uh, listeners, want to give a shout out to all of the protesters who are diligently and strategically fighting for the rights for being a citizen in this country. They are out there by the thousands frequently to protest the great laws of our country to make certain that what is stated in our Constitution is not trampled on and ignored, that our civil rights that are already in existence and making certain that there are not going to be any implications of going back in time or taking away rights that people have already fought and lost their lives for for justice and equalities. So listeners, there seems to be a continued uptick 
of an awakening of some sort, a positive awakening of our populace with not only people in the beautiful United States of America, but also as people in other countries, as they show solidarity and support for the people in this country. That to me, listen, listeners, is a great thing. Okay. Now, all right, listeners, here's my thought for you all for the day. I want you to be mindful of the choices you make in life. I want you to be present. I want you to be fully awake before you promise to do something for someone or even yourself, for example. Now, choices have power too, listeners. The power lies in the fact that behind every choice we make comes with us some kind of result. And another thing, don't do something that you don't want to do for someone. For example, let me give you an example. This is one that's that should be very clear and, you know, like, aha to you guys. Okay. All right. You say, okay, I will do it. All right. Or I'll give you money. Okay. Or you can stay with me for a week or I will babysit your child for the day. But you actually in your heart of heart, in your soul, have reluctances in your thoughts of not wanting to do it. And besides that person that you are haphazardly saying that you're going to do want to do this for that person is not stupid trust me they can feel and they can see that you really don't want to assist them but because they are in a need they will go ahead and do this they will allow themselves to do this now what I want to say to you is that I want you to move out of the way If there's something you don't want to do for a person, if it's something you don't want to give to a person, move out of the way so that person can receive the help they need from God and the universe. Trust me, it will happen. Okay. All right. That's my thought for you guys for the day. Now let's move on. I want to know, did you know that uh, this is being reported by HollywoodBeautiful.com. Brooklyn rapper Jay-Z is clearly taking a momentary momentary pause from the rap game to focus on his entrepreneurial efforts. That includes his streaming service title and his newest interest, which is movie production. Okay. Now, um, now our variety also reports that the hip-hop mogul is tackling the Richard Pryor story in partnership with director Lee Daniels. Now, Pryor, as you all know, but I'm going to say this, was a comedian who got his start in the 60s. He became highly sought after in the early 70s, and he went on to snag five Grammys for his comedy albums. Now, Jay is also working with the Weinstein Company to produce a TV series about Khalif Browder. Remember, I told you guys about this um, when we were when uh, uh, I was reporting uh, to you. I think in, in my last um, in, in my last on my last show. All right, now um, just to re- just to remind you that Jay that Khalif Browder he was a Bronx High School student 
who killed himself in 2015 after spending three years at Rikers Island for reportedly stealing a backpack. Now, if you remember, as I said before, I talked about this on my show the last time. And then shortly after his mother, um, his mother, um, uh, you know, transitioned as well because she, you know, it was reported that she, you know, had a broken heart and that broken heart just took her life. Okay. Now, all I want to say that I think that this is fabulous what Jay-Z is doing. We need to have more meaningful movies, not um, all about um, gloom and doom and and um, and all kind of crazy demonic creatures climbing walls and all that kind of stuff. OK, so great job and kudos to you, um, uh, uh, Jay-Z, for doing what you're doing. OK, now, listeners. I want to bring on my guest right now because we have a lot to talk about. Okay. Now, my first guest is Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist and he is making a name for himself as he is the therapist that comes to mind for the judicial branches located around Yuma. When judges need assistance with litigants in their court for therapist screenings, he is a regular on my show, and his commentaries and his insightfulness and his opinions are always welcomed. My next guest is Belinda Brooks. She is a longtime friend of mine, but she is a new friend to my show. Belinda Brooks works as an instructor teaching an overview of pastry and bread production, as well as offering career guidance to students. Now, she has been teaching for 10 years at a local culinary school. Now, Belinda is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America with a degree in baking and pastry and holds a master's degree from Walden University in entrepreneurship. She is interested in community issues around abolishing food desserts and making whole healthy food available for everyone. She lives in Chi-Town, and we are glad to have Belinda and Reginald on my show, listeners. Welcome, Belinda and Reginald. Good morning, and how are you both? I'm doing fine. Uh, Thank you for having me on, as as always, and good morning, Belinda. Hope all is well. Hi. How are you this morning, Terry? Fantastic. You guys sound loud and clear and ready to go. Now, you know, um, uh, Reginald and my listeners, I want to say this is that, you know, PBS.org slash news have been having a great report on how the nation is betting on Trump. Now, they aired one a couple of days ago and uh, they went and they visited three um, Porsche parts of our nation, which was Erie Town, Pennsylvania, the coal miners of West Virginia, and in Central Valley, California. Now, the first report was a couple of days ago on the coal miners of West Virginia, and um, I did not finish looking at the other two reports, although I have recorded them. But the reason that I'm talking about this is because it is very, very interesting. Um, as you know, Trump started off his campaign with a lot of things. One of them was, you know, promises of bringing coal back and getting the coal miners jobs back um, in, during his campaign. Well, they were interviewing um, a gentleman. Um, he uh, was a gentleman who's been here for um, a little bit over, you know, he's, he's a baby boomer, let's say. All right. And uh, he now has uh, black lung disease. Um, and um, he was um, saying that he did not know that the insurance that uh, um, 
the, the Affordable Health Care Act, also known as Obamacare, um, underwrote the uh, insurance for uh, the coal miners. And that uh, basically he was uh, educated on it recently um, about what was about, you know, what was happening. Now, there there has been a lot of this going on where people are just now finding out the greatness that lied within all of the magnificent things of the eight years that President Obama um, was was um, uh, uh, our commander in chief in this in this country. Um, do you understand what I'm saying, Reginald? Oh, exactly. And, you know, as we've spoken before, that that a lot of people are beginning to have buyer's remorse. And what the Republican Party has always done is rely on low information voters. And that's the perfect example of a low information voter, that this gentleman was not aware uh, that his black lung insurance was covered under the Affordable Care Act. Um, and there's a lot of other people who are discovering, uh, especially in Pennsylvania, uh, because it was called some, uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, Kentucky, uh, where it was mm-hmm. called something else, but it was actually the Affordable Care Act. And it was done mm-hmm. on purpose uh, so people would think that they have something else. So now they're talking about repealing and replacing, you know, they've had seven years to, you know, you've had seven years and you still don't have a replacement. And now mm-hmm. people are discovering that, hey, wait a minute, we, we like what we have. Uh, Representative Tom Cotton from Arkansas yesterday uh, during his town hall meeting, there was a ruckus town hall meeting where people were approaching him about the Affordable Care Act. One lady who was speaking, she told everyone, anyone who has been affected positively by the Affordable Care Act, please stand. Mm-hmm. Three-fourths of more of, of that huge audience stood up. And then she mm-hmm. asked them a question that I always talk about and we always talk about. She asked Representative Tom Cotton, what about your insurance? How do you get your insurance and, and who pays for your insurance? So here it is, mm-hmm. these Republicans, they want to eliminate, you know, which is just so cold-hearted hard-hearted and, and cruel that, okay, I'll say what Joe Biden said. You want to kick 25 million people off the uh of the insurance rolls, go ahead, do it, see what happens, try it, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Belinda, uh, I'd like to hear your take on this. You know, the unfortunate thing about human beings is that we don't get a vision until we're looking back over our shoulder at our past. Here you have an opportunity for health care that was put in place that was not perfect, but because it was such a divisive environment that it was brought together in, there was no way, it was almost there was no opportunity to look at all aspects of it and say, well, yeah, this part works and this part doesn't. The Republicans keep saying that they want to repeal Obamacare. They want to turn that over. They want to get rid of it. Okay, so all this time that you spent, much of like uh, what Reginald just said, all this time that you spent spewing all this vitriol about what was wrong with it, why didn't you formulate a plan so that when your chance came to stand in the light, then you can say, see, this is what we have that's better. And it's going to be, we already know, because Obamacare was just um, a morphing of the idea that Romney had come up with. So 
when you take that, there's going to be some good aspects to it. There's going to be some bad aspects to it. But instead of trying to own it all to yourself and saying that what the other person did is so wrong, why can't you take what is good about it, put it with what is good about yours, and come up with something for the people? The problem is that the, those people that are making decisions who are elected by American citizens have forgotten the fact of who they're working for. And Obamacare is something, the fact of the matter is, we are one of the few um, supposedly advanced countries in the world that does not offer medical care to all of its citizens. There are going to be people for all of time that cannot afford traditional health care within the confines of a business, either because they don't have a job or their job doesn't provide it, that their salary is too low. So you're going to have to provide care for them. It's not like if you don't provide care for these people, they're going to just disappear. They're going to still be a part of our society. And so there needs to be something else offered. But there's no, there's no viable alternative for the average American citizen. And because it does not affect, I mean, isn't it that Congress has lifetime health care. You get lifetime mm-hmm. health care. You get access to the best doctors in medicine. What is your real motivation to make sure that everybody else gets a portion of that? Mm-hmm. What is your motivation? Absol- because yeah, absolutely. That there's any consideration being given for those people that cannot afford health care. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing is is that. Um, you know, there needed to be something because it had gotten outlandish that the American citizens were using uh, the emergency rooms as their primary physicians. Right. And more and more often than not, they could not afford to even pay for the services that they were receiving. Now, I'm not uh, sure, you know, how many of my listeners realize this, but every time you hit a, a an emergency room, that's thousands. Well, look at how much a medical, look at how much a hospital bed costs. So if you're in the hospital as an in, in a, uh, inpatient, look at the medication, look at the treatment. You get charged for bandages. You get charged for everything that's in there. Now, you're in the emergency room, excuse me, and you've got that emergency care going on. Of course it's going to be expensive. Just like... American citizens are using are using hospital rooms, emergency rooms for medical care. That's just like prisons are being used as a de facto mental health hospital because there are no services being provided and every day the services being offered for mental health care are being stripped away for people who are the most fragile and who really need access to medication counseling, other services to help them weave their lives back together. But you're taking that out. And so instead of there being mental health care, let's just put them in prison. People are getting arrested every day for behavior that's not about, they're not trying to be violent. They're not trying, they're not trying to be disruptive. They're just not healthy in their mind, in their brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the thing is, Reginald, do you... um. Um, uh, do you have any, uh, thing else that you would like to say, um, on this? Cause I want to move on to 
um, the actual topic of our show because we got a lot to talk about. Well, this is something that began during the Reagan administration uh, and, and, well, the Reagan-Bush administration, the, the, the 12 years there, of, you know, stripping um, uh, mental health facilities, closing them down, cutting back uh, uh, money and services for them. And, um, you know, so this is something that's been going on for, for 36 years. And now with the rise of, of, of street drugs and things like that, along right. with mental health, you know, you're seeing a huge, a huge, uh, you know, effect of that. And this is something I, you know, personally know about uh, working in this field for 30 years. I've, I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen the change. And, uh, and, and again, it's, it's what uh, the, the lady told Tom Cotton yesterday. You work for us. Exactly. And this is something that, yeah, they need to be, you and I talked about this so many times, Reginald, is that they need to be reminded, they meaning Congress, the House of Representatives, and other state uh, and local officials, they need to be reminded that you work for your constituents, okay, that we're paying you out of our tax money. And you're saying, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to take a break and then we're going to get right into our topic of our show. Um, but you, you know, you want to get rid of our health care as we continue to pay for you to make sure to continue to pay for your insurance, which is known as the best insurance going. OK, Absolutely. in this nation, you got the top notch insurance for you and your family for the rest of your life that you don't even have to pay for. It, but you want to exempt everybody else from theirs, typically because the whole root of this is because a man of color, a fabulous man of color. President Barack Obama and his and his administration um, uh, came together and in collaboration and love to help the the United States uh, citizens of this country. Okay, so we're going to take a break right right now. I ask you to get up and stretch, have some tea and coffee, and then come back with me, and then we're going to get into our topic. Listeners, this is Teresa E. Keeves, and I want to talk to you about bullying. Do you know that bullying is still a constant negative in our society, not only for children in grammar schools and high schools, but also in our colleges, university, and workplaces? I want you to know that professional mediation is a great method for resolving issues regarding bullying. It also allows party members to engage in a much-needed conversation to clarify what the issues are and to resolve them without the involvement of law enforcement and in relation to our children, the possibility of school suspension. Need more information? Please give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com. Back to Here's Teresa on TalkZone.com with Teresa E. Keeves. Okay. Thank you for returning back with me. This is your host, Teresa E. Keeves. And um, for Here's Teresa. And uh, we are here with both of my guests, the fabulous Reginald C. Campbell, also known as the world's best mental health therapist. And the new person to our show, Belinda, C- Belinda Brooks, who and uh, we're discussing uh, the topic of our show today is really why, what and who's actually in charge of our country. OK, so now let's let's start off with really. All right. 
Now, Reginald, this question is coming to you first. And of course, Belinda, I will ask you to chime in. Recently, Trump said that he inherited a mess as he is defending his performance, which we know was the main reason for his narcissistic thin skinned high school rally this weekend, which, by the way, was held inside an airplane hangar. Um, what mess is he talking about, Reginald, as it is as, as the media makes it known that his ratings are now like 38 percent? Can you enlighten us on that? Yeah, you know, actually, I can't enlighten you on what what this buffoon is talking about. He's saying that he inherited a mess. Barack Obama inherited a mess. Let's just look at from the Great Depression to present. Every time a Republican left the White House, a Democrat came in and had to clean up their mess. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. You know, look, look at the statistics. And that goes back from Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover on down. And so this country was left in a mess by George W. Bush, a complete mess. President mm-hmm. Obama, in spite of no assistance from the Republican Party, everything was no, we're not going to do anything. And in spite of all of that, he left this economy, he left this country in fantastic shape. So I don't know what Trump is talking about, the mess that he inherited. The only mess that we have right now has been the 30 days that he's been in office and the rest of these buffoons that are in his administration or so-called administration. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Let's use that word so-called. Belinda, let's let's hear your your brief synopsis of this. Well, you know, him saying that he's inherited a mess. Every um, new administration wants to pick apart the previous administration and say that, you know, they did this wrong, they did that wrong, because that buys them some time to correct and to make better or make better based on their values. But the thing is, none of that is serving the American people. To constantly keep going on and on and on about what, President Obama did. President Obama is on a vacation. He's on to his life. So are we going to continue to talk about that for the next four years? Or are we going to focus on what you can do, Mr. Trump, in order to get back on, quote, unquote, track, to get us in the direction that you see the country going in? The fact of the matter is this man does not seem to have a plan. He is surrounding himself with people who are equally as clueless, the new director mm-hmm. of education. She was barred from a school that she was going to visit because they don't want her there. They know that she doesn't know what she's doing. And the scary part about it is she knows that she doesn't know what she's doing. But yet exactly. she's in charge of education. Ben Carson, he's in charge oh, of God. This is a man that was a cardiac surgeon, one of the most mm-hmm. understood arguably one of the most brilliant minds in the world regarding surgery, regarding a very um, intense and very careful, a need for a very careful hand. And yet he's in charge of housing. What do you know about housing? And, and the sad part, the really sad part about it is, I think just like Mr. Trump, he didn't, this is a job he didn't really want, but 
I want to be somewhere in this process. There needs to come a time when you have enough sense to sit down and know when that party isn't for you. Leave it alone. Well, say thank you for the offer and leave. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that uh, Trump, uh, as Reginald and I have uh, consistently pointed out, and so many others as well, um, uh, um, you know, it it the the, the thing is. The, the thing is, is that, uh, Trump, as I said, is narcissistic. He, he, he says he's a brilliant person, but he isn't because if he were brilliant, he wouldn't be hanging out with the likes of, of, of Putin. Um, he would have given his, uh, taxes, uh, information up. He wouldn't, um, have Bannon. Um, he wouldn't have Spicer and every other demon, uh, ripping and running around that shouts and screams and hollers, uh, Rush Limbaugh. But, and, you know, also as well as, you know, so, I mean, this is, it's just indicative of who and what he, who and what he is. Okay. You know, and, and, that, that's and how I, that's how, okay, and, go ahead, Reginald. And, and, and if you're a brilliant businessman, here's a, here's a man who went bankrupt three times. Now, once, yeah. not twice, but three times. So mm-hmm. and, and one of the times you went bankrupt was with the casino. How do you go bankrupt in, in a casino? Um, he's had thousands of lawsuits that are still pending. So mm-hmm. this so-called wonderful businessman, look, we've been there. You can't run the country like you run a business. That's number business. one. Number exactly. two, we've been down this road with George W. Bush, who was supposed to be a businessman. Business, we went down yeah. this road with Ronald Reagan, who was supposed it's, to be a businessman. Be businessman. Exactly. This trickle-down stuff does not work. And But, you know, Trump does have a plan. And his plan is to strip everything from working people. His plan is to put women, people of color, in their so-called place and put us back into the 1950s and continue to prosper while he's in the White House. That's his exactly. plan. Exactly. That's his plan. And, so he does and, have a plan. Mm-hmm. And that's it from from the from the beginning. You know, to the end. You know what I mean? That that's it. He doesn't have any plan. That is, is he's ridiculous. Okay, now the next thing is what? Okay, now I am going to uh, take this uh, directly from my show's description uh, for today. As being reported by the news media, the unfortunate contentiousness is stemming from the president implementing and or wanting to implement laws that are biased and unfair to a large number of this nation's populace regarding immigration laws and refugees. The Affordable Health Care Act, the Environmental Protection Agency, deregulation of organizations such as recently the coal and oil industry and the continual sign of executive orders while intentionally bypassing Congress. Now, these actions have caused an abundance of discernment, worry, concern, and unease within a great number of the American citizens. Now, Reginald, what positive resolutions, if any, whether they are tactical or strategic, that can be applied advantageously within this presidential administration, I'm holding myself so I don't laugh, in order to curtail the increasing contentious behavior in the United States? I mean, can we say the town hall meetings. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, people, people are fed up. And very quickly, are, are, <laughs> real quick, are, 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 are now beginning to see that uh, the emperor has no clothes. The emperor mm-hmm. didn't have any clothes when he was running for president. 
the emperor didn't have any clothes before he ran for president. The emperor didn't have any clothes when he went through three bankruptcies. The emperor didn't have any clothes when he sat on that bus and talked about um, sexually doing inappropriate things to women. You know, there were, mm-hmm. there were suits out there about that. So, you know, this is just, you know, it's just ridiculous. That, that That's all yes, that, that, that I can say. This man and his so-called administration is ridiculous. But Donald Trump's worst nightmare is not the Democratic Party. Donald Trump's worst nightmare is Mike Pence and the 25th Amendment. Because inside Mm -hmm. that 25th Amendment, Mike Pence can actually say that the president is not cognitively able to do this job. Mm-hmm. And when exactly. Trump, and in a year, my prediction, in a year or two, after mm-hmm. all of these inappropriate things, all of these crazy things that he will continue to say, and the Republicans are going to jump ship, they're going to use the 25th Amendment to get him out. It won't be an impeachment. It won't be a removal from office. They will use the 25th Amendment to remove him and then stand up and say, well, see, see what we did. We got rid of a president of our own party, you know, but they're going to ride this so-called gravy train right now until mm-hmm. it, it really starts hitting the fan. Until it really starts. Exactly. And it's, about, and it's already starting one month hitting the fan with this so-called administration. Because you already can see um, that, um, um, you know, Belinda, that there's no way in the world that the American populace can deal with this for the next four years. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, I don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. I think that the unfortunate reality, Donald Trump did not, It would. I was talking to someone yesterday, it would also almost be comforting if he had bought this election. Because then you'd be able to say, well, there was something incorrect and inappropriate going on. The fact of the matter is, Donald Trump was elected, and he was elected by people who are of the same mindset. Now, granted, they might not be the brightest people in the world because they heard what they wanted to hear. If he's, he's talked about bringing coal back, okay, we know, I was listening to NPR the other day, and they were just saying, there was an authority on, and he was saying that if you bring coal back, you're only talking about a very small number of jobs that you're going to bring back. So what are you going to do with all those other thousands of people? Donald Trump was elected, and there are people that support that vision. Mike Pence is, ask Indiana, is a scary proposition any day of the week. And for Mm -hmm. him, the possibility of him being the president, they're going to let Donald Trump do as much as they are going to feed him to do. Because let's face it, whenever he has these, these document signings, you see all these people standing around him? He's doing that. All those people are feeding him. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he knows he doesn't exactly. know what he's doing. Exactly. He, I mean, you can right. you can see. I mean, look at how he yes. acts. Look at how he you know is best, in front of the camera. The he, has, he has the clue. I can give you is the day of the inauguration. Um, you know how the, the camera is panning backstage of the dais and President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden were coming in and they were coming down the stairs and they were laughing and talking with each other and they were 
talking to the ushers as they came down the stairs, and Donald Trump was walking behind them. And they came down the middle of the staircase, and I guess their hearts were so light at that point, it was like, this is a wonderful day for me. Donald Trump got to the top of those stairs, and I remember he grabbed that left handrail, and the cameraman focused on his face. And I almost mm-hmm. felt sorry for him. He looked sick. He looked so sick and so terrified because my personal feeling is Donald Trump never planned on it going this far. He never planned on being president. And at that moment, he realized, what have I gotten myself into? Because a businessman, a businessman can run their business any way they want to. He's running the country now, and he's got to get input from all these other people before he can make, he can make a final decision. But there's all these other people that come into play. We saw it with the last administration, how they blocked President Obama. So there are people that can block him. He's a businessman. He's not accustomed to answering to anybody but a customer. And based on what we know, he hasn't done well with that. Okay, well, go go ahead. Go ahead, Reginald. Well, 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 here's the thing. I, 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 I respectfully dis- disagree with you, you know, when you said that he was elected um, because the popular vote, Hillary, got over three million, million votes. I totally understand about the so-called electoral college, which is outdated and was implemented for the smaller states uh, and the southern states to um, um, be able to count their slaves as three-fifths of a human being. Uh, so... Uh, so did Donald Trump really get elected? You know, and 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 on that no. point, let's look at let's look at the last few um, uh, 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 Republicans who were elected. George W. Bush, George W. Bush. See, Republicans cannot be elected on their ideas, so they mm-hmm. have to have. And well, you know, uh, Belinda, you said he did not buy the election. I tend to differ. He did buy the election, and it's going to come out. Can we say Vladimir Putin? Yeah, can, can Thank we you. Say all of the all of the things that are now coming out. So the crap is 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 going to hit the fan. So he did buy by that election. Uh, but mm-hmm. again, uh, Republicans they can never run on their merit. They can't. You know, mm-hmm. Nixon, Gerald Ford. I mean, I, I can remember. Uh, uh, watching the debate with Gerald Ford, and you know I was a teenager at the time, watching the the, the, the debate with Gerald Ford and and uh, Jimmy Carter, and Gerald Ford stood there and said that there are no Soviet troops and no Soviet interests in Eastern Europe. I practically fell off my chair because can mm-hmm. you see the Cold War? That was at the height of the Cold War. Now here's a man who was in the White House and running for re-election who had no idea of the Cold War and the Iron Curtain. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the um, the unfortunate thing um, is that, it, you know, is that it tends to be quite true as we go back in history, you know, um, you know, about Republican presidents and, and their platform um, of running, because I, I agree with you, uh, Reginald, that they cannot win on their own merit. Um, and, and, um, and, and the one comment I want to make, and then we're going to take a, a, a quick break, is that, um, I, I have no, re, no, no type of empathy, empathy, sympathy, or anything else for demonic thinking people. You know full well, as I, as I tell people, I'm going, you know, this story, and I'm going to say it again. When I was attending DePaul University in my class, I had to, uh, do a project. One of my projects was, um, 
one of my projects was, you know, when, when, you know, convicts, when they're commute, commu- um, committing crimes, you know, what do they feel? Well, you know, over 98% of them said that when they were committing the crime, be it murder or whatever it was, that they knew that they were wrong, but they kept doing it. So that's where I put Donald Trump. Okay. So now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hit on the why part of our show. Stay tuned. Hi, listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves. And I would like to know if you are having issues or disagreements with your neighbor and you have reported it to the HOA and the issue still has yet to be resolved. And now you're feeling as though your concerns have fallen on deaf ears and you are not sure what to do. Don't think of litigation. How about professional mediation? Mediation is becoming very popular for resolving issues in a timely and cost-effective manner. You see, unlike the litigation process, the mediation process, parties are given a platform to be heard and open communication between the parties is established. Professional mediation also combines neutral advocacy, implementing evaluative and facilitative techniques, empowerment is developed, as the parties are very much involved in solidifying an agreement with the guidance of the professional mediator. Would you like to know more? Give me a call at 623-594-5657 or visit my website at www.tekmediations.com. Back to Here's Teresa on TalkZone.com with Teresa E. Keeves. Okay. Thank you for returning with me and my guests, the fabulous Reginald C. Campbell and the extraordinary Belinda Brooks, as we are talking about Donald Trump. And our the title of our show is really Why, What, and Who Actually is in Charge of Our Country. Now, the next thing we're going to hit on is why. All right. Um, in one month, Trump's trip cost as much as Obama's travel for an entire year. Um, three trips to his Florida resort since his inauguration cost approximately $11.3 million in travel, security, and more. Meanwhile, Obama spent an average of $12.1 million for an entire year. Okay. Now, according to the Washington Post, barely a month into his presidency, the new first family is straining the security and uh, secret service and security officials. You guys steering financial and logistical concerns and costing far beyond what has been typical for past presidents. Now, there is a big concern that the overall price tag could reach an alarming hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of a four year term okay now you know he's spending you know uh three trips to Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida uh, that's being reported on hellobeautiful.com has cost a whopping 11.3 million in taxpayers dollars and apparently we are paying for Coast Guard patrolling and security and staffing expenses associated with moving the presidency outside outside of the United States excuse me uh the post noted but here's the thing this doesn't even include Reginald, Belinda, and my listeners. The $500,000 a day that the New York, that New York has to pay 
to guard Trump Tower so that Melania Trump and his son, Barron, can reside in their penthouse instead of living in the White House. Okay? Come on now. <laughs> can I please? Because my head is about to explode. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Who, who wants to go first? Okay. Reginald? So here, here's, here's the deal. Yesterday I, I saw something online that showed um, his daughter, her husband, and their children getting off of Air Force One. All right, now if you think back to when he was running and he was saying that he was not going to, and I think this was after he was elected, he said he was not going to allow Boeing to, he wasn't going to take on the price tag of the new Air Force One. He could fly his Trump jet. Yeah. Okay, but they're getting mm-hmm. on Air Force One. All right, so we've seen, we've all seen documentaries about how they build the presidential limousine and how the door mm-hmm. is six inches thick and all those other things. Okay. So I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so they've got him on Air Force One. He's at Mar-a-Lago. That's all security. She's at Trump Tower. That's all security. We've all seen the movies where, you know, the sniper is on the building watching the, the person in their apartment, watching out to make sure that there's nothing inappropriate that happens. I immediately started totaling up numbers in my mind, and I can't even think that big. Millions, I think they need to change that M to a B. It's going to be billions by the time they get done. But again, this is what people voted for, looking at the short view and not looking at the long view. You've elected Mm -hmm. a fool who's paranoid, and, and this isn't really about paranoia, as America, as the American public and the government system, they've got to protect their president and they've got to protect their uh, president's family because they're crazy people in the world. So you've got all the security spread here, there, and everywhere. The transit, the the, the logistics of coordinating all of that, and that's coming mm-hmm. out of the taxpayers' dollars. He's not paying for that. Exactly. Taxpayers. Exactly. Dollars. Yeah, not trying to interrupt you, Reginald. Uh, yeah, go go ahead and jump in, Reginald. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just. Uh, gosh, yeah. You know, you look at. I mean, I, I I totally agree with Belinda. You know, you you know, you look at this and it want to make your head explode. Now, this guy has been in office for a month. Every week, he's going down to Mar-a-Lago. But whenever President Obama would go on vacation, oh, they just cry and gnash teeth. Oh, he's going on vacation because. Of course, they have to put it out there that, you know, the brown guy is always on yeah. vacation and, you know, kind of lazy, yeah. you know. But yeah. George yeah. Bush went on vacation. Ronald Reagan it, went on vacation more than President Obama ever did. And this guy who I, you know, I agree with the uh, the marches this past Monday, the not my president march. So this guy is not my president. Every week he's down at Mar-a-Lago. You know, millions, billions of dollars. You know, this after this is totaled up, it's going to make your head explode. And the taxpayers are paying all of this. What do you think this money is coming from? This money is coming from us. You know, they all exactly. Oh, oh, well, you know, immigrants, you know, they don't pay taxes. Oh, really? Well, whenever you go, that immigrant goes to the store whenever they buy gas, whenever they buy a pair of shoes for their kids. They're paying taxes. So, exactly. Of course, you know, they have to have this idea that, you know, they're lazy, they don't pay taxes. But in the meantime, 
this guy is robbing the taxpayers blind with, you know, for all of the security that's needed for him and his family. And and not only and not only that, Reginald Belinda, uh, he had the mitigated gall to uh, tweet back in January 2012 when uh, President Barack Obama was in office that President Barack Obama vacation is costing taxpayers millions of dollars. Unbelievable. Really? Well, first of all, he doesn't even pay taxes. Remember uh, he how he how he boasted of how many years that he has not paid taxes and neither has he shown any of his tax reports. Either and these people in the townhouse meet um town um you know home meetings and I'm glad that they're doing this that they're demanding these things and it's also putting all of these uh representatives and Congress on notice that you will be voted out. I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Okay, we're running out of time. Let's let's move on here. Now, um, I want to talk about who actually is running the country. Okay, that's going to be our 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 closure piece, because it says that um, for days now, the news reports have noticed the presence of a Russian naval ship lurking in international waters off the coast of the United States. Now, for some critics of President Trump, the vessel has become a symbol of the administration's ties with Russia. Now, this Senator Chris Murphy, he's a Democrat from Connecticut, you both. He said that while the appearance of the Russian ship was not wholly unprecedented, it showed the Trump administration had given Russia the green light to flex his muscles. Um, Jeff Walsh, who is a retired Navy uh, senior chief, said it's going to go on. It has been going on for years. This is what he's saying. And, um, he says it's going to keep on um, going on until everyone wants to play nice. What the hell is that supposed to mean, Reginald? <laughs> it means nothing. It, it, Thank it, you. It's it, it's talking in in circles. Um, Thank to you. To answer your question, who's running the country? In my opinion, mm-hmm. right now, the intel uh, organizations are are running are running the country because they're refusing to give Trump information because they're afraid of what he will do with that information, uh, i.e. share it with Vladimir Putin. So, you know, it's something scary for the intel community who the president relies on to keep this country safe for information. And, you know, of course, Trump was saying he doesn't need that information. He's like yeah, because, a smart person. Yeah, he knows I'm, more. I'm, you remember I'm, that? Because I'm like a smart person. <laughs> or you're not a yeah, smart person. Like, like a smart yeah. person. I know more yeah. than, than, than the generals. So it's yeah. scary. And the intel community knows that, hey, we can't share this information with this man because we don't know mm-hmm. where it's going to go. So Thank in my you. opinion, it's the intel community that's running the country right now. Mm-hmm. Is that, and that's exactly what I say. I totally agree with that. Uh, Belinda, I got about four minutes left. Let's hear you chime in on this. You know, all the people that have soldiers overseas have got to be spending a lot of time on their knees right now because this fool in office, he is not making life for them easy. The possibility, what Reginald just said, as far as intel is concerned, you can't Here's the president of the country, and you can't tell him what's going on because you don't know what he's going to do with the information. He's mm-hmm. bad with Putin, and he's not, and he's not trying to hide it. Which, on one hand, is good because you know what's going on, but or have an idea of what's going on. But he's not trying to hide it, and Putin 
is not the friend of the American people. He is not the friend of this country. And yet you have a president who somehow he's making, he's treating me like he's his bestie. It's, it's really a frightening experience right now. And I, I think for all the soldiers overseas, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen next. This is their commander in chief. And he has a clue, not the, the smallest clue as to what's going on and what they're going through and the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, you know, I also want to say that, uh, Reginald and Belinda, that when Bush was in office, as, as we know, it was said that Cheney was telling him what to do, um, as was his father, Bush Sr. And to me, you know, that was a scary situation, as Reginald has been um, stating uh, here uh, in the program, just to think that Bannon is actually in charge, uh, knowing his hateful track record. Um, so, Reginald, coupled with the fact that Congress certainly is not doing its due diligence for making assurances that the American people are getting positively what they deserve as they seem to have uh, closed eyes to Trump, Twitter, um, you know, we, we talked about the, the, the Russian ship, you know, out in the waters, you know, uh, international or, or not. Now that, that's the really for me, okay? That when they were asking Donald Trump, uh, Reginald and Belinda, um, recently in the news, um, um, uh, his news conferences, his, his so-called news conferences, he did not and would not answer any of those questions. Why do you think that was, Reginald? I got about 30 seconds. Well, you know, he danced around that the way Michael Jackson used to dance on stage. And uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that ship is, <laughs> in That's a good one. is in international waters, but it's a spy ship. It's sitting there. It, it, it's collecting information, be it information on just cell phone conversations from regular people, information, cell phone conversations, and, and, commute, and uh, uh, computer activity from, from the White House. So it's there for a reason, and it's been sitting there, and it's very, it should be very disturbing. Yes, it should be. Belinda, 30 seconds. He, he didn't know what to, how to respond because he didn't have anybody standing there feeding him the information. You're right. <laughs> it is very frightening that that, mm-hmm. that ship is sitting there, international waters. That's fine, but it's sitting there. Why is it sitting there now? It's never mm-hmm. been an issue before. Now, all of a sudden, you can sit there. And the reason you're sitting there is what Reginald just said. You're collecting information. Now, what information you're collecting, nobody knows. What you're going to exactly. do, nobody knows. But the fact of the matter is you're there. You're not there because this is a sabbatical for you. You're there because there's something of value. And exactly. the closer you can accumulate that. And, you're look, and, and not only that, you are allowed you are Thank allowed you. to sit there. You are allowed to do it Absolutely. because if this was if this was uh, President Obama or President Clinton that, you know, or, you know, Kennedy or, you know, it would not have happened. Um, you both know or that, that he would not be allowed. He would not. The ship would not have been allowed to just sit there and, and things of this nature. But, you know, you know, we're, you know, we're running out of time. I got about a minute and a half. But I want to thank the, the both of you. We need to. This is a conversation that we're going to continue on on my show. I thank my listeners for listening to me. I love you all and I appreciate you all. I will be airing again on March 9th which is uh, right before the illustrious daylight saving time. And just know here in Arizona, well, in uh, in the Valley of Arizona, we don't spring up and fall back. So, uh, but, but anyway, you know, this is a great conversation, a conversation that needed to be had. And, um, and I hope that the American people continue the fight.
because um, if we if we don't, uh, this is not going to have a happy ending as Gladys Knight and the Pips have sang so eloquently in their beautiful song. I wish uh, the best for you all. I hope that you have a great day. Be safe. Be kind to yourself and one another. This is Teresa E. Keeves signing off. Mm-hmm.